What is going on, everybody? It is episode 38 of Pop Culture Crisis. Holy crap. We're almost, like, almost to 40. Mm-hmm. I am here with my co-host today. Introduce yourself, please. Nice to meet you. Miracle Sam. I'm half awake right now. She's getting there. Mm-hmm. She'll, she'll wake up as we go. Yeah. And we have a co-host today. Introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. How you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys? I am great. Miracle <laughs> looks very tired. She's yeah. had a very uh, busy life, a very busy job. It's I'm fine. I'm awake because I'm always awake and I, I love talking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a bunch of stuff to talk about today. The first story is rather tragic, uh, mm-hmm. and that is the passing of the actor Gaspard Uliel. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, we're going to me and Miracle are going to review episode four mm-hmm. of Peacemaker. Miracle uh, has her own thoughts on this one. She yeah. liked it more than I thought she would. Uh, a funny story regarding The Rock in social media, and I have some. I imagine Hannah Clara can ask some good questions about this one, or at least I imagine her, uh, the journalist, and her asking some good questions about the who, the why, the how, what, and the how this type of stuff happens regarding. Is social media and making money. I'll try mm-hmm. and hold up my end of that bargain. Yes. Uh, and then I found an article that will make Miracle extremely happy about Demon Slayer and how much better Demon Slayers are than moms. Which uh, is saddening, but um, I was talking to Charlie about that. And he said it's because like Demon Slayer talks a lot about family. That's why. Well, Vin Diesel talks mm-hmm. a lot about family. Is Vin Diesel loved more than moms? Um, Maybe. If you look <laughs> at his uncrinkled white shirts there you go they are always very clean mm-hmm. i in fact i aspire to have shirts i was shirts. gonna say is he I, your, uh, your fashion he's icon? kind of my icon uh, mine are a little bit bigger because i don't have the muscles that he does but i'm working on it uh and then pod luck we got a bunch of stories we're going to talk the bad luck around black panther uh <laughs> megan fox's engagement ring which makes me laugh i knew hannah claire would love that one mm-hmm. and then uh like i'm being stereotyped right now I, I just knew you would love that one. You sent me an article about wedding stuff the other one. That's not you stereotyping. You brought up Megan Fox last time we were on the show. Whatever. But, and before the show, yes, we're talking about Bachelorette. Yeah, that's true. I have to mm-hmm. go to a Bachelorette party. So see, it, love and uh, romance in the... Uh, in it's the not fin- even February yet. In the final... <laughs> I'll be alone then too. It's fine. Uh, okay. And the so love in the financial gouge that is the wedding industry is in the air. So mm-hmm. we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go with it. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about the bad luck about Black Panther and some ratings from Superman and Lois because we've been keeping up with that. So on this sheet that you provided me with all topics, I definitely read that as Superman Nanny and Lois. Superman. Uh, I was I re- like. <laughs> That's fascinating. I wrote it very, very fast. No, Give it's okay. me a break. I just it's was okay. laughing. I was like, we are taking some It's turn. okay, Hannah Claire. I didn't like I didn't pick it out, but like when the part so the third topic with the rock, I thought that said TikTok. So I was like, what about TikTok and IG money? Brett just makes up stories so that we have to like go along with it. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And uh I'm sorry. I, I should get a printer for my room. So no, I, I'm just teasing you. It's it was just funny. I, mm-hmm. I should get a printer for my room and waste lots of paper printing out five topics and, you know, on I a full you, sheet of paper. If you start printing these out instead of handwriting it for me, I will protest. That's uh see we're old school here. Yeah. We yeah. like pencil and paper. I've been watching an episode of Fringe. Um, when they're going into the mirror universe, to the alternate, uh, to the alternate uh, universe in the show, and in the in the show, man, miracle is. I'm not yawning. Uh, I can't hear it. Yes, uh, in the mirror universe, pens are like a, a rare item. Hmm. So they actually like they they solve a case uh, in the show. They figure it out by a chain of events that gets set off by the fact that somebody found a pen, and pens are extremely rare. That's funny. Yes. Did you ever read the book um, when you were a kid, The City of Ember? No. Did you read it? 
I feel maybe. like it came out when I was in like maybe middle it school, elementary school. Really familiar. I know they made a movie of it, but it's a about a civilization that's completely underground. Mm-hmm. Like they make the decision to move people underground, um, and colored pencils after two hundred years in the city becomes sort of a commodity mm-hmm. because there's not very many of them. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. That kind of reminds me of a YouTube short where the girl bought like these crayons that are from like um, ninety years ago. So imagine that, like, we get crayons or, like, color pencils or pens even 90 years from now because it's so scarce. It could happen. I mm-hmm. mean, they're already getting rid of writing classes in school. Why? Because they're just going to have them learn coding instead. Yeah. I know, but, like, well, you still you have to learn, cur- like, you probably learned how to write in cursive, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Did I you was learn? the last class to learn how to do cursive. And then that went away. Yeah. Like, after I learned it, I think in the beginning of second grade to third grade, my third grade, uh, third grade class, after that, they got rid of it. They yeah. were like, you don't need to learn cursive anymore. And I'm like, well, what was this whole effort to do this? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a t- chimes are changing. Yeah. Are. Anyways. So we're going to get right into topic one here. And this is uh, this story is extremely tragic. Uh, this is an actor. Uh, his name is um, Gaspard Uliel. I had to look up how to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um he looks really he, like he looks like uh, a couple of actors when I first saw him. Mm-hmm. I thought that was because I thought it was somebody else. Uh, but he passed away. He was thirty-seven. He was only thirty-seven years old. Uh, he had a skiing accident in the south of France. He was on holiday, mm-hmm. uh, and he is a, he's a French actor. And I, I bring this up because one, um, anytime a story like this happens, where it's we're so used to these things happening now in regards to medical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing a lot of that with athletes related to, you know, Rona and everything like mm-hmm. that, or uh, heart conditions uh, for whatever reason that may be. No specific reasons. No specific reasons. But in general, we're seeing it like I, I'm actually surprised a lot of time when I look at like TMZ, when I troll TMZ and I see how many people on a regular basis, like like a lot of times at the end of the year when they have the irrelevant award shows that we've already deemed irrelevant here, mm-hmm. they do like the tribute to all the actors uh, or people in the industry that have passed. Mm-hmm. And of course, people pass every day. But something like this is just, uh, it kind of hit home because what it made me think about was, I don't remember if it was you or if it was, no, it was you that was here and we were talking about The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, and Heath Ledger had passed right before that movie had come out. Right. And this character is literally about to come out. Uh, he plays a character in the upcoming series, Moon Knight, which me and Miracle just talked about yep. yesterday. Yeah, he, he died two days after the trailer came out. Yeah, is- so that's extremely, uh, I mean, it's almost like it fe- it feels the same yeah. as, as it did in that way. And I, I hate to make it all about business, but I do wonder sort of what will happen to the series and what uh, how this will impact sales. I mean, tragically it could drive up interest in the movie you yeah know? Mm-hmm. It's, um, I, I think it will it's unintended press coverage and that's yeah. that's sort of morbid and cruel to say but it is a reality there is a long like i've usually held that belief that as good as i believe the movie the dark knight is uh it's not even my favorite in the trilogy i believe that a lot of that mystique that was built around it uh came from the fact that ledger had passed just prior to uh, the movie coming out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of rumors early on that it was due to like, because he died of like an overdose of sleeping pills and hydrocodone, if I believe, if I remember correctly. I know it was an overdose. I just don't know. What uh, and a lot of people are saying that he was taking those medications because of how deep into the role he got playing that character. Mm-hmm. I think that has since been proven to be incorrect, that yeah. he had always struggled with. I think he had always struggled from what I understand. I mean, he was considered a method actor. And mm-hmm. so that, involved a lot of uh, immersion into a character but um 
you know, it'll be interesting to see how... I actually don't even know what the story of Moon Knight is. I um, I don't know if I can say this, but, like, I, I saw the story. Maybe you'd already seen it and sent mm-hmm. it to you because I've been doing this podcast and now I feel attuned. Yes. Whenever anything Marvel comes out, yep. it's like if you have... There's, like, a foreign language and you mm-hmm. recognize one word, yep. I'm always like, ha, okay. Yeah. This yep. could be for them. Um, this actor... Uh, Uyel was also um, the face of a well-known fragrance for Eve, Chanel. Uh, Chanel, and he he played Yves Saint Laurent in, uh, in the, the movie. Yeah, which I've actually always wanted to see. Which I mm-hmm. finally started pronouncing correctly. Really? Yes. Uh, I had a, a a girlfriend that would always because you know mm-hmm. she's into that world. I'm not into that world. I don't. Uh, I'm like you can't make fun of me for not knowing how to pronounce yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Well, and some of the like YV starting French names yep. get uh, mispronounced in, in mm-hmm. American English. So I I know someone whose daughter's middle name is Yvette Y V E T E. Yeah. But it's yeah. They uh, for a while they were pronouncing Yvette because there's such like a thick southern accent. It's like Siobhan. Yeah, I mean these things happen. Pronouncing Siobhan makes no sense. Well, and Boston has a whole uh, sports (laughs) team based off of mispronunciation. So you know, it's uh, or have you? It's like have you ever seen that meme? It says like, can you? As like, imagine learning English and seeing the word yacht and not just giving up. (laughs) I I can't imagine. Like he's um, like the hell with this. I I, I don't care. But yeah. uh, so for this actor, so he was he's still so so young. Mm-hmm. That's and he that's, collided with another skier. I'm not sure what. Yes. if that skier is also the, has presumably mm-hmm. also been injured. It says uh, so. This article is from Lad Bible uh, and it says French actor Gaspard Uliel has died in a tragic uh, skiing accident at just 37 years old. The Hannibal Rising, an upcoming Marvel star, was holidaying in the in France's southeast or so, yeah southeast mm-hmm. and reportedly died following a collision with another skier uh france blue uh says the two skiers uh, slammed into each other at the intersection of two runs at the at a skiers resort. so uh i don't go skiing i was a hockey player we couldn't afford to do both in my house yeah uh I, i'm assuming that means that like it goes different directions and and they just yeah i did grow up skiing timing? actually it's just where I'm from in new england is pretty ubiquitous ubiquitous uh, yeah some trails will sort of um you'll take a ski lift up yep. and it'll be like a Y at the top and you can go this way or this, you can go to the other, but sometimes mm-hmm. they'll reconvene at the bottom. Yep. Um, and especially if you're going off one that's maybe like a higher, you yep. know, more yeah. difficulty level, you might have more speed and, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately tragic. There was a, a man just charged with manslaughter, I believe in France because he collided wow. with a four-year-old girl who was taking ski lessons and she died. Um, so why, why, it was a complete accident. I mean, he's charged with manslaughter. Um, but, you know, skiing mm-hmm. is, a, is a dangerous sport. It's not that it's impossible to do. There are a lot of things that are dangerous. Yeah. But, um, no, I can't really imagine um, what this situation yeah. was like for either party involved. And it's like... And th- Actually, that's kind of crazy that they charge him with manslaughter mm-hmm. in in that case. That that's I think about covering it for the site, but uh, you so know, this was so recent. Yeah, okay. two days ago. So um, skiing is very dangerous. Skiing uh, is dangerous. My brother has skied his whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, the actor. Hannibal Rising was the was the main American credit that he had, and that's a movie that I didn't really I I think I saw but have no because I just remember that they made a Hannibal Lecter movie in the mid two thousands. My m- most recent memories, aside from the original Silence of the Lambs, is from the show Hannibal with Hugh Dancy and Mads Mikkelsen. Mm-hmm. But this actor is more he's more famous in France. But the character uh, he's playing in Moon Knight, uh, he's uh, in all six episodes, so he's uh, he's fairly. So it's a mini series. It's coming a mini series, so he's fairly significant. Uh, he wouldn't be playing the the lead villain because the lead villain is being played by Ethan 
Hawk. Do you know who he's playing? Uh, he's play. Oh, I always forget the name of the character. Uh, I had it in my in my notes here. But the character he's playing, if I remember correctly, it's like a bank. It's like it's he's like a. He's a, a staple, but he's not the lead. He's, he's not, not the, the yeah. Lead he will likely be a secondary. Because uh, without Heath Ledger, I mean, with Batman trilogy, again, you're more of an expert than I am. I do really like mm. the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just bring on the next villain. I mean, I mean, villains don't always come back in yeah. superhero movies. Uh, yeah. With this one. You know, I guess they could write him out. Do you recast him? I, other shows have had this issue in the past, right? What uh, I've no, well, what I'm seeing with most of these shows is I don't think most of these are expecting to get uh, a second season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, at least not from from what I can see. They're I'm, kind of throwing what's out there and seeing what's going to get picked up. Yeah, like Wandavision might get a second season, but I'm not sure if uh, I'm. I'm just. I'm. Sorry, I'm perusing this real quick. Uh, WandaVision that has Mary-Kate and Ashley yeah, okay, Olsen's younger he, sister. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. Elizabeth And Mary-Kate Olsen was spo- supposedly the person who found Heath Ledger who died before Batman. Yes, that is true. Mm-hmm. Just a whole f- full circle connection. Midnight Man. Uh, Midnight Man is the name of the character and in this, uh, he's like a, he robs museums and yeah. uh, and in this, um, the char- the main character works in a museum so mm-hmm. that's, that's part of it. So, uh, to me, it's just I think it will it would it would have had like a crazy effect if this had happened to like Ethan Hawke just yeah. before this happened. But I, I don't know if it'll be on the same level. I think on a lot of ways we're so desensitized to most of this ty- these types of tragedies now. It's really sad. Yeah. Like, but uh, my hope is that uh, it doesn't end up um, overshadowing just this. You know, the how sad what's going on is right. Like, uh, people are going to be drawn to um, you turning this into more than it is for the series and not for the actor it's going to become about what it does for the television show and it's going to become less and less about what it means to the actor his family and uh i I imagine that that will that's not really their choice like say the family doesn't want this to be publicized they don't have a choice in the matter no i mean presumably because he was an actor he wouldn't want his last work to be pulled because he died yeah you know what i think but i don't think the family will want it to be made all about him passing because that does him no uh, right that's not fair i think what'll be interesting to see and i can't imagine being this position is if you're a critic or you're i mean you guys might have to do this in some respect if you watch the show and you're giving a professional review of it how do you treat you know i don't want to speak ill of the dead but what if he did a bad job what if we don't like his character do we feel you know i wonder how again this is from the writing editorial perspective but Mm -hmm. like what decisions will they make behind doors in a way to respectfully stay true to reviewing the the work while also being respectful of someone who has died kind Mm -hmm. of tragically very difficult to look at it dispassionately the hope I, i mean sadly the hope would be that he's either really really good and then you speak praises to it, but then you don't want to overdo it because then it looks like you're doing and so. And will we give him to, more credit because he's gone now? Yes, mm-hmm. uh, but also, um, like, almost the best-case scenario in a lot of these things is that it's just uh, that you, if you're reviewing it, is to focus on the other characters and try to do it as evenly and... Uh, emotion as void of emotion as you can mm-hmm. but these are uh, emotionally driven art forms right yeah. so you're they're designed to uh, make you feel something so well and very if he hard. was the best one in you know if he's amazing in the show it's more of a track i mean it adds to the tragedy exactly and we won't be able to get more of him exactly. i mean in the same way that people praised heath ledger didn't he i mean heath ledger was uh posthumously awarded um, uh, best supporting actor for his role for in role. batman i mean I think the first time any superhero movie had won any type of award for anything like that. Which so. arguably, like, it was an incredible performance. Yep. And that's what I'm saying. Like, so the, the, the fear here for me is that it becomes uh, about 
turning this into some type of mythology around the role in the show. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to do that because I feel like that does a disservice to it. I wanted to make this about the fact that this is very sad and what has happened. And I, I want people to stay focused on the fact that this guy was an up and coming, very talented actor. He's the face of Chanel, like mm-hmm. you said, right? Blue for uh, Chanel. Uh, so he had all the thing, all you know, all the opportunities coming to him and you know his whole life in front of him mm-hmm. and a tragic accident brings a brings you know brings an end to it and you just have to find a way to handle it in a mature and respectful way mm. but i felt like not talking about it would also be no i mean i think it's okay to talk about you yeah. know he's not I'm weird about this type of stuff. I didn't like. I didn't know how to address it because it is relevant. Because like, what we're going to review the show, and then what are we supposed to just ignore it when it comes up? Like, you can't really do that. Like, you could say who the actor who tragically passed, but it feels like you're leaving an elephant in the room if you don't address it at least a little bit further. Acknowledging. I mean, the other thing is like we can't ignore tragedy in life. Do you think this will affect how you see him in the show? No, not really. You think you'll be able to look at it the same way? Mm -hmm. Okay, excellent. Yeah, because for me. I know it's kind of morbid to think about it, but for me, if a actor does pass away, like uh, for me, I don't really care. I just, um, I just watch what I need to watch, and then I just review it. But if the actor is still alive and they're a shitty person, not to speak ill of the dead, I will judge them. But if they're passed away, I don't really care. I'm so not trying to sound like I'm really mean about it, but for me, I just don't care. Okay. For it, like um. Again, rest in peace. I did like his, um, I like his role in Hannibal Lecter in Hannibal Rising. Mm-hmm. I love the Hannibal series. Mm-hmm. Any rendition Hannibal, I love it. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of sad that he did pass away. Yeah. I didn't recognize the name until you told me. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was most relevant because it's mm-hmm. something that we're we're following right now. Yeah. Uh, in regards to the show, so. But I don't know. I hope that Disney Plus can do something like in the end credits saying like, yeah, uh, rest in peace. I'm sure they will. Mm-hmm. That that I'm absolutely. I'm if I'm they sure don't, that. like I'm. I'm about to not watch the show. No, <laughs> I'm like, th- nope. No way they don't uh, at least address it in some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. So, um, I guess uh, we should just go right into um, <laughs> to Peacemaker, yeah. which is funny because this is a very, very different uh, take on something. This is very campy. Mm-hmm. This is very funny. It's the opposite in terms of tone of what we were just talking about. But I wanted to do the serious stuff first and get mm-hmm. that... Uh, Get that um, out of my system Take a deep and, and talk about it and, and yeah, and go yeah. through it. So uh, this episode was episode four. Yep. Uh, what did you think about it? I actually like it okay. more. Like um, our coworker, Sarah Noble, mm-hmm. she never watched the series and she watched this episode and she kind of likes it. Okay. Like where it's going. So, so I think it was just the first episode that caught me off guard. In this episode, uh, it's, I'm, I'm going to read through one of the reviews. This is like a synopsis, uh, yeah. a longer synopsis, just so people get an idea of what's happening. So it says, episode four of Peacemaker begins, and this is from, I'm sorry, this is from The Review Geek, mm-hmm. uh, who does a really good job of doing like his, his uh, he doesn't editorialize in his, he, he editorializes in his review, but when he does his synopsis, he doesn't let it bleed through in there. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. So it says, episode four of Peacemaker begins with Peacemaker and the gang heading back from their successful mission against the Senate and his family. Judo Master is alive and it turns out he's taken captive in the office where Mern is waiting for the gang. He questions Peacemaker over his hesitancy in the field. 
who holds his own and claims uh, and claims that it was only because there were kids involved, mm-hmm. which is funny because they keep re- referring back to this line from the movie The Suicide Squad, where he says, yeah. "I cherish peace with all my heart, and I don't care how many men, women, and children I have to kill to get it." Mm-hmm. So they're like, like I said, the character of Peacemaker feels very different than he did in the movie. Um, obviously I, I think that was because they wanted to be able to stretch the emotional resonance out over more mm-hmm. episodes so it says for Peacemaker uh, for now Peacemaker, Peacemaker is tasked with heading out with Vigilante after half his pinky toe is cut off oh. he continues to complain that he never walk, he's never going to walk again it's like a bit through the episode like, you can't walk without your pinky toe mm-hmm. and everyone's like that's not the real thing you can absolutely walk without your pinky toe uh, wouldn't be able to be a ballerina again though mm-hmm. uh, he was never or can you yeah. they or drive up to model? His oh, only mm-hmm. fans career is over. He's, yep. Exactly. Uh, we all know how much Wiki people... Feet needs that. We know how much people pay for pe- feet pics. Mm-hmm. Do you? How much <laughs> do they pay, Brett? They pay me a lot of money for... <laughs> oh, uh, the drive up to Augie's house together Augie is his dad mm-hmm. uh, uh, Where Peacemaker breaks in Looking for his dad And basically they find out That, that in, this, in this episode He finds out that they Framed his dad For a crime that Peacemaker committed To keep Pe- Peacemaker on mission mm-hmm. And the whole thing comes about How his dad is a supervillain Named the White Dragon Who's a white supremacist And the whole show This is, okay, this is where it goes off the rails for me yeah. His dad is constantly described As being a, an evil MFR uh, who is extremely racist and taught his son how to kill from an early age. There's yeah. a scene of him, his dad, like making him kill a dude and his dad's laughing about it. Hmm. But whenever they go back to talk about how his dad is an awful person, they always go back to the fact that he's a racist. Mm-hmm. In the past, the character would have been the exact same thing. In, in a show in the past, he would have been a piece of shit who trained his kid how to murder people uh, and he was a racist piece of shit. The racism would have been like the the cherry on top of him being just a horrible human being. Mm-hmm. But the focus would have been on the fact that he was training his son to be a murderer mm-hmm. from the age from the time he was born. Right. In this, they talk about the racism as if it's the most unforgivable aspect, and not the fact that he turned his child into a murderer. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think they use it. It sounds like I haven't seen the show as like the reason he does this is because he's racist. Whereas yeah. like yes. other versions of it, like the corruption of his son's innocence and the um, lack of regard he has for his son's yeah. like, soul basically would have mm-hmm. been at the center and the racism would have been an expression of his own internal corruption. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's extremely, that's the one part that just really didn't, it, it does lead to some hilarious dialogue where uh, in this, in this you, you, you were talking to Sarah at the yeah. time. There's this really funny line because in the show they're going after these things called butterflies which are, mm-hmm. a, which are alien creatures. I had to explain it to her and she saw it and she was like, oh! And he's, he's going to his dad and he's talking to his dad in prison he goes like he's like i'm going after these things called butterflies he's like you hate illegal aliens these things are real illegal aliens they're mm-hmm. actually aliens like it's like it, the humor works also it, like the fact that being against illegal immigration is a white supremacist yes. stance uh, like, yeah that's it's, sort of weird it's it's ridiculous i will say though that they are finding a way to make all the characters like adebayo is not as innocent as like uh, she's yeah. they kind they're kind of ruining her in a sense in mm-hmm. this like she's doing bad things but she's almost like wishy-washy about why she's even doing it. Yeah. I feel like they're working up to make a big turn at the end where she ends up being super evil. Mm-hmm. Like just like her, like she ends up being her mom's daughter being yep. uh, Amanda Waller. It's Amanda Waller's daughter. And in these movies, Amanda Waller is just uh, 
the definition of government overreach and uh, lack of conscience. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very bad person uh, who's portrayed to do really awful things for the good of the American public, but it's all it's a character that's much, much deeper in this. This is her daughter who's mm -hmm. been sent to spy on these uh, on these people. I think Freddie Stroma as Vigilante is probably yep. the strongest character next to John Cena. Uh, I love his character so much. Yes. Uh, he is very funny. As it reminds me, as if they if they made Napoleon Dynamite, mm -hmm. a, a murderous vigilante. Yep. Uh, I really, that's so hard to imagine. Yes. <laughs> uh, Harcourt has some moments of possible brilliance, but what I get yeah. from this is that the actress who plays her, which is I believe Julia Holland, mm, uh, no, it's Jennifer, Jennifer Holland. Excuse me. Um, she she gives she has this ability in the emotionally resonant like, in the scenes with emotional resonance where you're supposed to feel something she really can pull it out of the people that she's working with with mm -hmm. looks like I feel like she's miscast genre wise in this mm. she doesn't do the the campy mm -hmm. uh say, swear a lot humor and then uh beat guys up stuff the way that she could that, mm -hmm. that another actress could but she gets the scenes a lot of what james gunn's work is is to take crude humor mm -hmm. really really immature characters and build them around a story that has deep emotional impact mm -hmm. yeah. because a lot of them are extremely damaged people mm -hmm. that and they act stupid and they act ridiculous uh in accordance to their emotional trauma and he has this really good way of pulling that out of these characters centered uh, uh layered around it is really cute crude humor crude humor really heavy swearing mm -hmm. and all this stuff that that's the stuff that draws people in mm -hmm. but it's the emotional story that really keeps people watching james gunn is fantastic at that i just don't think that she pulls off the crude humor uh shell on the outside of the emotional nope. scenes what do you think they cast her uh, I mean, she was her role in the she she was a holdover from the Suicide Squad movie as mm -hmm. a character named uh, that's basically set at a screen the whole movie, uh, so I, I think they did it for uh, to keep in continuity. I think if there hadn't been cast, like I said, she was cast as a much less emotionally. Uh, abrasive person in mm -hmm. the fur in the movie she's just a person in front of a screen right mm -hmm. so they didn't cast her for this type of role but then they kept her on because it's con it's in con continuity with uh the movie okay. yeah so they did say that that character had never been in the movie before i feel like they probably would have gone with somebody focused more on the humor aspect than the emotional aspect because the humor is the is the core of the fan base i don't know how many of the people watch this stuff for the emotional stuff that i, I love the like peacemaker i love him because in at at heart he's a child yep. like he is a an extremely violent extremely abrasive and extremely um kind of buffoon but yeah. he's deep down he's a damaged kid who is trying to uh find his place in the world he's really trying to win the love of his dad who just happens to be an evil murdering mm -hmm. racist piece of crap it yep. sounds like a lot of what they're picking up on in terms of psychological development of characters is popular on especially tiktok but social media right now uh, there's a lot the concept of reparenting your inner child yeah. is incredibly talked about can you explain that it's the idea that um and it goes with a couple different psychological theories that mm -hmm. as your your psychological de development begins as a kid it, mm -hmm. it navigates both your personality your ideas of trauma and safety and your attachment and okay. um sort of a buzz term right now is the idea that you as a child not everyone but mm -hmm. if you have 
issues that you need to work through it's often because as a child you weren't given the type of stability love affection support that you mm-hmm. needed well, that fits whether or this. not yeah whether or not your your parents intended to or not so yeah. not that they're bad they just didn't no. know how to do it and as an adult you you know if you want to get better you have to quote unquote reparent your inner child to mm-hmm. you know affirm like what you didn't get as a child and then sort of work from there there are lots of different ways to sort of go about this or yeah. different opinions on this but that term reparent your child is circulating a lot on sort of self-help websites mm-hmm. and things like that well they always talked about that in media no matter what like ev- most tv shows and movies talk about it parents screw up mm-hmm. their kids without trying to yeah i mean yeah. this is just a reality but the t- the idea like you have to reparent like he's a kid you know the fact that you literally compared him to a child so like mm-hmm. you know public thought right now or like a lot of uh, self-improvement would tell you like well he is a damaged child and he's just Mm -hmm. never moved past that and i'm sorry but cena does a fantastic job of delivering these really crude lines like a child like he has this line at the end where harcourt's at the bar Mm -hmm. and he's like uh like he says something he walks away all kind of sad and mopey like he's an 11 year old kid and he turns around he goes your tits look great in that top and then yeah. he, but then he makes the saddest face you've ever seen and puts his head down and kind of waits for her to like respond. She doesn't. Yeah. So he just kind of sulks away and it totally works. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you, you really like, and it works because this guy, like John Cena is like hulking big yeah. with huge muscles playing this immature child mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. Like I feel like in somebody half his size, it doesn't work. I don't even mm-hmm. know if Ryan Reynolds could have pulled that line off mm-hmm. uh, in, in that, in that piece. Did you like the scene about him and him like uh, dissing on Batman to the, yeah. uh, he uh, basically like there's a guy who just keeps like outside his dad's house and he comes out. He's like, they're always arguing about whether he's a superhero or not. And he's like, uh, he's like, you're a super villain. Yeah. Because he's like, Batman has a, what is it? He, he doesn't call it a rogues gallery, but he calls it something akin to a rogues gallery. Yeah. He's like, you know why he has a rogues gallery? Cause he doesn't kill him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, how many people is Batman indirectly killed by sending these pieces of shit to jail yeah. when the, when he should have just iced them or something like mm-hmm. that is the whole, it's very meta. It's meta mm-hmm. in a way that works yeah. much better than what was it we were watching recently that had the meta humor that didn't work. Uh, oh, um, matrix, the matrix. It did. It's, it's very, um, the, the characters are their own in this world. The characters are famous. The superheroes are famous the way the characters are famous in our world. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he, he, <laughs> He was. He talked about Aquaman the, mm-hmm. in the first episode. He's like, I heard that he has sex with fish. Like it's it's very meta, but in a very uh, in a very well written way. Yeah, I well, will also point out that this is the first episode that um, James Gunn did not direct. Mm-hmm. It said on IMDb that he did, but it was uh, on the actual episode. It said it was directed by somebody named Jody Hill. Mm-hmm. And this was the first episode you liked. Yeah, this is the first episode and I actually like. I thought this one was one of the weaker ones. Uh, Interesting. One, one of the reasons being that I also, I think that uh, one of the things about Gunn's work is that there's usually a lot of violence and there's a lot of action. Yeah. And in these shows, the budget is clearly not there to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. There was maybe, there was the fight scene with uh, Judo Master and that yeah. was it. Uh, other than that, there was almost no actual action or anything like that and a lot of what makes guns humor work is the it's the kind of humorous uh childlike uh behavior as extremely gory violence is happening Mm -hmm. around you it's uh they play off one another no you forgot the scene with um vigilante uh 
in the jail. Yeah, but, in the jail. He did a little bit, uh, some action. But it was there. like, those were at the beginning, the mm-hmm. halfway through, in the beginning, you know, the first third and then the, yeah. the first, yeah. It's very, very sparse in comparison to where these things fit in the movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, maybe the issue is that Gunn's work as a writer doesn't lend itself to this type of mm-hmm. storytelling as it would the film environment. Yeah. Now, he d- Gunn directed episodes one, two, and three, so he wrote all eight. And mm-hmm. directed the first three, and he's directing other ones down the line. So mm-hmm. it's possible. Why do you think he took like a moment away from directing? Why is he skipping some? Uh, he might. I, there, there could New have been new projects. Uh, maybe, maybe that, or it could just be that he just uh, he, those were the ones he had. Certain ones that he know knew needed to hit the right tone, mm-hmm. and uh, as a writer, and uh, can answer questions and the rest, but just doesn't have the time to direct all of them. Most likely, I, I'm sure he comes back for like the last two or three as well mm-hmm. maybe two in the middle he doesn't but i mean he's a pretty in-demand dude so to get him to do any type of even uh black label stuff like mm-hmm. like hbo max which isn't network tv is still pretty hard to get something like that he wrote all eight episodes of this during uh co- the start of covid oh, mm-hmm. interesting. so he wrote this all just after they'd finished writing they they just finished rap on filming the suicide squad mm-hmm. he didn't even know that the character of peacemaker was going to be as popular as he was yeah but he felt that the character resonated with him so he wrote the show hmm. um at least that's what i have to win assume because he doesn't you know he wrote this show before the movie came out so there's no way he could have known the character was going to be that popular so you could say that he made a fan fiction could be in mm-hmm. a way i really do think that the the strength of this show is bringing more of freddie stroma as vigilante yeah. and john cena as peacemaker together uh mern being a a, a, a butterfly that's mm-hmm. a fairly cool twist i, I saw that coming. ending and i was like no way for real and like sarah's like Oh my god! Yeah, when they showed him sitting mm-hmm. up really still, I but he's kind of always like that. So he's he's yeah. always kind of closed off, intense. He so, kind of reminds me of a male version of Amanda Waller. I mean, he's supposed to be kind of yeah. right. He's uh, without the. I mean, I, that actor doesn't quite have Viola Davis's charisma, but yeah. that's not you know that can't he can't be blamed for that. That's mm-hmm. that's like she's once in a lifetime talent uh, yeah. in a lot of ways. So that's but uh, his he's also hampered with some very like the lines he gets are lines that should be given to somebody with a more expanded role. Like yeah. they would work if he, if there was reasons to explain why he's behaving like that, mm-hmm. like that whole thing about bettering himself in like episode two, which yeah. was given no explanation. Like, do you think it'll get further explanation in the series? That we, now that they're positioning him as somebody who's clearly going to be, if not a, not a villain, but somebody who's going to be a foil for them because they don't know that he's been infected with this. Uh, yeah. It's not a virus. It's a, with the alien, it's an alien. with the, as an alien host. Uh, my hope is that him, that he grows to be a more important character and rises to the occasion on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep Harcourt um, for the more emotional scenes with Adebayo. Mm-hmm. They did a good job. There's a, a scene where um, Harcourt t- says, like, talks about like uh, the toll that doing the work they do takes on you, mm-hmm. and how otherwise it just makes you get you don't give a crap about human life, and you end up like Amanda Waller. She yeah. doesn't know that Amanda Waller is the other girl's mom. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that actress is doing a fine job of like dealing with the emotional. Like she lies to basically she the vigilante character. She has to like manipulate him into trying to kill peacemaker's dad yeah and then she does it does it well but then feels really bad about it Mm -hmm. afterwards yeah i don't know i feel like she can do it like i love that character like two of my favorite characters is freddie and daniela that's the name of the actress yeah um i love both of them those are like two of my favorite characters my hope is that she ends up becoming uh a bad guy 
Yeah. Because maybe it maybe may- like she snaps because somebody took her wife. Yeah, or, or or just she just ends up being like her mom, mm-hmm. like more like her mom than she realized, right? Yeah. So uh, in this whole thing, all these other, what it is, it feels like she's this good guy, Greg. Well, I don't. There's a good. There's a female version of good guy Greg that I don't know the. It's Claire. Uh, yes. Good guy uh, Claire. Good guy. Good guy Greta. We'll say. Ew. Good girl Greta. Uh, so she's she's very soft spoken. Yeah. She feel it feels like the whole world is coming at her and she's absorbing it. Like what mm-hmm. the hell is wrong with all these people? Yeah. Uh, because she's in this group of like extremely uh, talented killers who all seem to be extremely emotionally stunted, and she's like, how is this my life right now? My hope is that she ends up becoming more maniacal. Uh, and it ends up being for a purpose that she's just randomly like this and nothing because mm-hmm. she's an outlier character wise from yeah. the other ones. Her and Mern are both outliers well, as far as their personality types amongst the rest mm-hmm. of them. But she kind of brings like the human back into the humanity back into the show kind of. That's why I like her so much because she's kind of even though she's an outlier. I like it. I like it a lot because it's different from everybody else. I feel like they're setting that up to do something with it, that it's not just going to be like that for the sake of being like that, that mm-hmm. it ends up being that she uh, either, uh, or her mom's going to ask her to do something that she doesn't want to do, and she has to rise to mm-hmm. the occasion to not do it. Yeah. Right? Maybe that might be that the could plot be twist. That could be it. Mm-hmm. So she has to choose between fulfilling uh, her the role her mom asked her to do, mm-hmm. um, keeping an eye on them, mm-hmm. or, and take, and if they do it right, they build the relationships around these characters enough that she uh, develops a sense of camaraderie with them mm-hmm. and chooses uh, their lives over the lives of or over the mission that her mom sent her on. Well, she did feel bad shooting um, Judo Master in the chest. You remember that scene? She's like, I've never. Th- that's another like. It's almost like a story uh, mismatch. Like mm-hmm. it, it, they they keep talking about how like trained she is. She's like, I'm I'm sufficient in all these weapons. Well, systems. she has to because everybody's like, Why are you here? Yeah, she keeps talking about that, but then she's like, I've never killed anyone. I've never even shot at anyone before. I'm like, You don't become proficient in weapon systems uh, f- uh, and work for mm-hmm. the government without having shot at stuff so yeah um, I don't know I, I I have a feeling that this might just be like the lull period for me mm-hmm. I'm hoping that it picks up uh, after this but even for like an episode that I wasn't the biggest fan of still leagues better than a lot of the stuff yeah for so. sure yep I actually like this series yep, like a- looking back at it I like it a lot tell that to Andrew Oh, Andrew still doesn't like it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew's very snobby in his uh, in his taste. That's well, okay. Well, it's because he wants he has us. a lot of snakes. I mean, yep. he, he's a different breed. He's a different yeah. breed. Well, also, Andrew really wants us to talk about sci-fi TV shows, so maybe we might talk about sci-fi I said that I... I, I I'd be cruel and make him come on and talk about the book of Boba Fett because he's a huge Star Wars guy and he's just absolutely... He hates he's, that. He's so... Mm-hmm. He, you can see the spirit of just about all Star Wars fans being drained out of them as they watch all of the Disney Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Well, also, um, also, we were making a joke because I had a banana milk. Like I, So if nobody knows what banana milk is, it's basically... Um, this milk that's flavored like um, bananas and I said I bought it from H-Mart and he's like are you trying to make me go to H-Mart with you like you want me you're just using me for my car and I'm like yeah your car is going to be mine one day that could be it Uh, I I don't know it's just funny but he does want us to talk about sci-fi well he's going to have to we're not starting shows in the middle of them we started Superman and Lois Mm -hmm. in season 2 as like a a bit of an off that's not the norm like we did that because I I got really into season 1 well Well, there's go ahead no no you go ahead there was a series last night that I really want us to watch it's one of Netflix original anime series it's called 
Dada um, Dragon's Blood, but it's already in season two. It's like in book two. That's what they call their seasons. It's just uh, to get caught up. It's but also it's sixteen episodes. I'm also I'm I'm preferential right now to shows that are coming out week to week, so we don't have to review them in chunks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hate doing that because something you you can never get across the full breadth of what you're trying to say when you have to review eight episodes like mm-hmm. when we did the, the Dexter one actually went fairly well but yeah. in general it's very hard to feel like you've covered everything and sufficiently explained it and give a recommendation on something like that especially since it ends up being all spoilers anyways yeah for so, sure uh, I do think that the dad storyline unless that becomes more comic book oriented and less about the stupid uh, mm-hmm. modern day politics of it that drags down but the, I got excited with the costume the when costume they reveal yep. the costume I was so excited yep. for it because uh, I remember like searching up the character yep. and I was like, I am excited for this. Yeah, it's uh, the funny thing is what mm-hmm. you said. Uh, oh, oh, they mentioned the deep state and this. They, they take yeah. a lot of jabs at, uh, at at this stuff. Uh, more more Freddie Stroma. Uh, more, uh, more vigilant, more Adrian Chase, yep. more John C- them together. Yeah, like I would have been completely okay if they made this like a buddy cop series of just them going around being really immature and violent together. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, yeah. Uh, so you're looking forward to him the most, to Vigilante, and to you like Ad- uh, Leota Adebayo. Yeah. I thought it was Leona. It's Leota. It's Leota. Leota. But um, I don't know. I'm really excited for those two characters. I like them more. Yep. Like they, those two shine for me the most. Yep. But I don't know. Maybe the music is a high point if you love the '80s or if you, yes. love, if you love rock. I made music, a compliment. Yeah. I said I love the music choice. Yes, that's that's a that's a mm-hmm. staple of Guns uh, of Guns work. So yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's go talk about the Rock. Yes. Ooh. Let's talk about the Rock. Uh, I knew Hannah Claire would love this story. Um, it just feels like something mm-hmm. that a, a reporter would get a kick out of asking questions about. Mm-hmm. Am I am I making assumptions there? I I actually. Because you thought I would like it, I intentionally waited to have a blind reaction to the story. Okay, mm-hmm. so I All haven't right. read it yet. Well, it's okay. So this is a it, it's it's basically a human interest piece in a way, but it, mm-hmm. it's not. It says uh, as twenty twenty two kicks into high gear, The Rock is no longer the highest paid celebrity on Instagram. And Wait, it's very sad. Who's the highest? We're gonna fi- uh, you'll find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it says, The Rock has been ousted from his Insta throne. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is no longer... He's never going to be Dwayne Johnson to me. He will always be The Rock. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up loving professional wrestling in the late 90s, so he will always be mm-hmm. The Rock to me. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is lo- no longer the king of the Instagram ring. Although the Black Adam star has an astronomical number, number of social media followers, he dropped from the top earning spot uh, in, on Instagram in 2022 uh, as 2022 kicked into high gear. Who ousted The Rock from his throne? The answer might surprise you. Mm-hmm. Can you guess? Can, uh, you, have you read the article? Uh, yeah, it's a soccer player, right? Well, you weren't supposed to give her a hint. I was going to say, like, Messi is one of the top. See, she doesn't even know. I don't know the answer. I can, I can, you know, Kylie Jenner just passed 300 million yep. uh, mm-hmm. followers. But on she's Instagram. not the but highest. But the guy who's followed. the highest paid is the highest followed person on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Highest followed. And now know, highest paid. I know it's a, I know it's a soccer player, but I just don't remember his name. Uh, it's Toby. Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo, yes. okay. Um, which, oddly enough, in this article, they spelled... Oh, no, the article got it right. Somebody I, Somewhere else when I was looking at this spelled the last name wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- the funny thing about this is, is I've never followed Cristiano Ronaldo in my life, I but either. I see so many posts on like... When I when I scroll through uh, like reels and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, you're... When, you, when you're on these websites, you really are... Um, you're at the mercy of the algorithm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you like one post... Uh, from like the, from Rocky, 
that uh, was made by a site, but the site's called like Wealth Builder or yeah. Success Kings. And he is constantly quoted and in, in referred to in these mm-hmm. because he's so successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's always about how he's like, uh, he picked his wife to be, you know, he picked the perfect woman to be his partner in life, not just uh, a wife, but as a partner. You yeah. know? He's, uh, so he's, uh, he's, he's like this, and everyone knows that we call it soccer. By the way, mm-hmm. I apologize if you're watching from Europe because it is not soccer. It's not there. only it's, Europe. It's football. It's My the, dad is British. I know I've said that a hundred thousand times. Chris, yeah. Chris Carr, tell, I know this bothers you, but you. he's he's a uh, let it slide. We accept each other's faults, but um, yeah. <laughs> My dad, when he came, when he immigrated, decided to adopt American slang. Mm-hmm. So he uh, uses soccer. So he uses soccer. In fact, you know, growing up, I played soccer. He took me to soccer. And he never practice. said you're going and to your football I match. I said, why don't you call it football? Because I was like a born Anglophile. Like, yeah. my heritage was extremely important and real to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, it's just confusing for everyone else. So I think, and and if you want to know, in standard journalism, we are an American. Um, uh, outlet so we yeah. use american terms yes. that we don't use so um the, hopefully the europeans will find in themselves to forgive you you're speaking in your native country um i'm just saying it's not only europe it's just the whole world we're just that one country that it's, just calls it soccer it's have that, a good time with the metric system it's yeah the beauty of american exceptionalism mm-hmm. at, at work uh you conform to our culture we don't conform to exa- that's, <laughs> exactly that's exactly no, what I'm it not, is i'm like, not kidding like uh, whenever people c- try to hate on america I'm like yeah but it's our celebrities you care about yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's our whose company film industry do you watch yeah, who, uh, whose movies do you watch uh what social media platforms yeah. do you use america's and where do they big, america's biggest export is culture yep. mm-hmm. um speak so to speak to that um but the Arguably, football or soccer is the biggest sport in the world. It's not even arguably. It is. It is the biggest sport in the world. um, In that sense, it's not surprising to me that a professional athlete Mm -hmm. from uh, a European country is, in fact, the biggest. He's Cristiano Ronaldo's Spanish, maybe? I don't know. No, it's going to be South American. I'm going to get this wrong. It's it's not my, like top thing but it's not surprising that it's a professional athlete partially because he's both good looking and he is a yeah. sports person so he appeals to can men and women can you search up a photo so people know who we're talking about there's no photo of him there is not in here I can, mm-hmm. I'll, we'll, we'll read further and I'll show yeah, you yeah. he's a handsome dude he's Similarly, an extremely Dwayne handsome the Rock dude Johnson is also attractive he started off as a, a athlete because he's a wrestler mm-hmm. he was also he played pro football well, he pl- in, this, in Canadian pro football so yeah. he well, so that makes him international. He's yep. Canadian. Mm-hmm. No, he's, Amer- he he's play- American. He's American. Born. He's from Miami. He's okay, so he's Florida. American who went to Canada, international Play- audience already, mm-hmm. played a sport professionally, went on TV, was a televised wrestler from what I know. Yeah. Then he became an actor. So he has crossed several high exposure industries. Yes, mm-hmm. So it's exactly. not surprising that he also has a large following. And yeah. honestly, he's more known these days for his promo and his like his business acumen more than anything to mm-hmm. me like his movies are hit or miss but his business promo is meh. it's it's very very good and mm-hmm. he has like a cult following i hate to overuse that term but um yep. you know people are charmed by his relationship with his daughters mm-hmm. and his uh, i had no idea he had kids he has yeah, only he girls which i think people also love because he's this big strong man and he's yep. got like you know, not just like one daughter, but he's mm-hmm. got a flock of them. If yep. you want to know, I, <laughs> until like last year, I had no idea he had he had, he had kids. Um, he, uh, but it says uh, according to Hopper's Instagram rich list, Dwayne was the second highest paid celebrity on the on the popular social media platform at the end of 2021. Mm-hmm. If uh, if one of the global of one of the globe's biggest movie stars wasn't number one, then who was it? 
Uh, That distinctive honor belongs to none other than Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Portugal native, there it is, uh, is considered by many to be one of the best soccer players in the world. While a pro athlete may not seem like the obvious Instagram ruler, Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah, see, they spell Ronaldo different ways in this article. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, okay, what's this one? Uh, Has the celebrity credentials. In addition to his stellar stock... I'm sorry, guys. I'm having trouble talking today. I should have eaten more. In addition to his stellar soccer stats, Cristiano Ronaldo's Instagram account boasts some pretty impressive numbers. He is the most followed individual on the platform with over 390 million followers Mm -hmm. as of January 16th, 2022. And there are only like four users who have over 300 million. Hopper reports that he makes 1.6 million per Instagram post. He posts three times a week. Um, what I want to know, and The Rock uh, is making 1.5. So he's number two, but by a measly. By a, margin, yeah. by a measly. Okay, so I want to know, the income is bolstered by brand collaborations and promotions. Consider that Cristiano Ronaldo usually posts at least three times a week. He stands to make at least $19 million a month. Mm-hmm. Not too shabby. So are they saying that it's bolstered? Where does the money come from? Are they saying that they're, each one of those is a paid advertisement from yeah, a promotion? Yeah, most likely. Okay. So like if, um, if he has a deal with Adidas, or Adidas. I don't really know how to say that word anymore. Mm-hmm. I say Adidas. Uh, I say Adidas too. And again, America always. But um, if if he, let's say, is sponsored by Adidas, then they will have an agreement with him. He might make slightly, you know, that's an average calculation for his post. If he has a long-term brand partnership with mm-hmm. Adidas, they might not have to pay a full mm-hmm. $1.6 million. They might have a, you know, $10 million for every However month, many you know. posts a month. Right. Um, Or if he's approached by, you know, Athletic Greens is really popular right now. If they wanted to have him promote their product on his brand, they Mm -hmm. would, you know, every influencer has like a a, a range that they work Mm -hmm. out. And it could be anything from like, if you want me to leave, have a a picture with a post that stays on my Instagram, this is how much it costs. If you want me to do a 30 second reel, this is how much it costs. If you want me to do a story that'll last for two days, but you want two or three slides of my story, this is how much it costs. Yeah. Um, it's all like paid advertising spots mm-hmm. the same way that you might calculate the cost of an advertisement per second at the Super oh, Bowl. Yeah. Have, you see, have you heard the rates for Joe Rogan? They're insane. Mm-hmm. Like to get, uh, and he gets all those ads out of, way, out of the way right at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff's... Uh, well, and that sometimes people will ask, like you'll notice with YouTube videos, people will like sometimes depending on where it is in the video, have mm-hmm. their advertisement. Not just ad breaks, but moments where they're saying, I love HelloFresh, not sponsored. Yeah. Uh, you know, is HelloFresh a real thing? Yeah, yeah it's it a meal delivery service. Okay. A lot of lifestyle vloggers are like working with them. Yep. Um, Bang energy and, drinks. And they'll talk about it and they'll make a meal and you'll mm-hmm. watch that and that'll be in middle of you could maybe figure out how to skip it but it's like in the middle of the vlog versus some ask for it to be right up the front because people are less likely to click away yeah. uh, mm-hmm. brands determine their own metrics or you know a whole video might be sponsored by yeah. whoever mm-hmm. um so i actually disagree with circle i don't think it's surprising that a, uh, an athlete a pro athlete yep. is yeah. the most followed person in the world yep. um, well the most followed person on instagram is actually selena gomez no, she, she's down. No, she's down. Not, she yeah. went down. Ah, she's Selena. No she's like at She was extremely high. Um, Kim Kardashian, Chloe, or no, Kim, Kylie, Why? Kim, and then Kendall are all. Kendall is the tenth most highest, uh, most followed person. Why? On Instagram, from what I, I know. I hate. Uh, Selena Gomez was up there. I'm not sure she still is. Although well, she's incredibly popular. If Brett keeps on reading, it says Christian Ronaldo, um, The Rock, aren't the only celebrities who make bank on Instagram. Over last year, perhaps surprisingly, pop singer Ariana Grande um, and reality TV star turned business mogul um, 
Kylie Selena Jenner. Selena Gomez is number seven. Yeah. Ariana Grande mm-hmm. is number six. Kim Kardashian <gasps> is number eight. I'm so mad now. Who's number two? Cristiano Ronaldo Instagram is technically number one. Can you search up? The company Instagram. No, search up females. Uh, Kylie Jenner is number three. No, I've seen all, all, all mm-hmm. of her lists. We're, we're looking at a, at a, at a list of uh, mm-hmm. men and women. This is equal rights, folks. Uh, well, so, and like mm-hmm. to divert one or the other, like you would really only do that if you were only selling female products. To, yeah. be a, to be a guy on like a visual platform like Instagram and have more followers than any hot woman is honestly very impressive to See, me. See, again, not surprising. He can just post pictures of his jersey, pick clips mm-hmm. of his games, like mm-hmm. meeting a fan. He's got tons of content that he could use, and mm-hmm. people want to watch sports highlights. Yep. Yeah. So he's number two. Uh, Kylie Jenner is three. Uh, Lionel Messier is, is it Messi? I think it's Messi, Messi but again, it's, it's pronounced it's Messi. Messi. Uh, is uh, four. Rock is five. Ariana Grande is six. Uh, so, and then seven and eight are Selena Gomez and Kim Kardashian. As you would Who's expect, uh, it, this stops. It goes into an article as... Uh, okay. I don't know who nine mm-hmm. is, but I'm pretty sure ten is Kendall mm-hmm. Jenner. So, if you've got three Kardashian Jenners <laughs> in the top. Um, that makes is me like so 50% upset. Nine is Beyonce are. and ten is Justin Bieber. Oh, interesting. Yes. Wait, Justin Bieber is still relevant on Instagram? Yeah. 209 million he's really shifted to a lot of independent uh, independent production mm-hmm. so instagram he mm-hmm. and his wife have like a whole series on youtube yeah um have I you think, seen like his new music no i don't mm-hmm. really listen to him i'm uh, you know the thing i like about social media mm-hmm. that article am, was a little bit older yeah because uh, it said it had it had uh uh ronaldo listed as like n- 378 million mm, he's okay so i i'm now. pretty sure three kendall jenner is number 10 again mm-hmm. it's not okay. relevant to this article but um well, I can make it relevant um, because Kylie Jenner just passed 300 million followers, making her sort of into this final elite circle. Yeah. Um, you know, Kendall Jenner is the highest paid supermodel in the world. Yeah. And I did not look into the fact if that calculates what she gets based off of her posts online. Yeah. Um, I think Kendall's really pretty. Yeah, I'll she just is. tell you that. Like, out of the whole family, I think she's the most natural one. Out the whole family. I like her mm-hmm. and um, Courtney Kardashian. I think they're both really beautiful. Mm-hmm. But like the the interesting thing about influencer media is that you don't need to be the top. Like if you get paid one point six million dollars on average per post, that's mm-hmm. amazing. But if you don't, you could still make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, even if you were to get if you were to get paid five thousand dollars per month for one post you would still make a significant mm-hmm. salary yeah, yeah. Um, and i think that the rise of influencer culture is fascinating there's money to be made there's money to be made it shows to you just how important marketing and advertising is a lot of people don't realize mm-hmm. like when you look at an advertisement you're like that would never convince me to buy that right mm-hmm. you do not realize how subconscious and how much how many hundreds of millions of dollars have been invested into the psychology of all this well and like what influencers especially like on a smaller scale build to you is like they're relatable to you you might like their lifestyle you might aspire to it in mm-hmm. some ways yep. and also you trust them yep. you you think that their opinions are worth listening to so if a magazine ad sells me something mm-hmm. i don't necessarily believe it has not it doesn't necessarily represent who i am but if um someone whose lifestyle is aspirational to me yeah promotes something i trust it more Definitely. Yeah. Um, i think that will see more of influencer culture and i think the micro influencer so people mm-hmm. who who are influential in smaller circles will become more and more prominent yeah. in the next couple of years um but yeah poor dwayne the rock i i mean it sounds like he's doing okay though what, he'll, five he'll come back mm-hmm. he'll come back next year he'll he'll stand he'll put kevin hart on top of his shoulders and and take the number one spot back 
No, I love Kevin Hart. I know, but that that was just a dumb joke. Thank you. Uh, it says, "What drives?" I do want to say. So here's mm-hmm. it goes with what drive. What drives these stats? Uh, many celebrities seem to be achieving their sky high stats through brand promotions. The Kardashians, in particular, uh, in particular, are famous for touting their own companies to their followers. Kim Kardashian regularly advertises her insanely popular shapewear brand Skims, mm-hmm. while Kylie Jenner is frequently spotted using Kylie cosmetic beauty products in fan focused demonstrations. And so, they have their sisters, so they cross promote each other. Yeah, yep. which is sort of hilarious. Yep. So they have built in influencers in their family. It is no longer um, good enough to just be good at something anymore. You have to be your entire brand by yourself. Uh, you have to be both uh, good at a skill set, uh, which is, mar- I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like, uh, Ronaldo is not just good at soccer, mm-hmm. at football. He is uh, an excellent promoter and he's uh, an excellent marketer and brander yep. for companies. So I don't think that's true of everyone. I think that. For Ronaldo, he's aspirational. Like a lot mm-hmm. of athletes are, he's good looking and he's wealthy and he's great. I'm saying if you want to reach da, these da, 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 levels. Da. But I think that other, like the Kardashians, I would argue, are masters of marketing yeah. and brand mm-hmm. and trend and lifestyle. I think it actually varies. What I think is well, cool he, yeah, about they, the, they're, they got there by being that. Yeah. Uh, whereas he got there first through He saw, had something through, else yes. and either. Yeah. Saw it himself or had a team that was like, we're going to capitalize yeah. on this. With The Rock, he's sort of this interesting cross, you know he has he has changed careers dramatically and if becoming an influencer is actually mm-hmm. his last career move mm-hmm. where he doesn't really need to keep acting he just gets to promote well, he doesn't even have to do that he can, he's a producer now too yeah uh, his name is on a lot of the shows that he makes and he produces a lot of stuff that he's not even in so yeah. he's mm-hmm. uh, he is in every level of these of these industries there are a couple um ryan reynolds you mentioned him earlier mm-hmm. so he um you know, I don't, I don't really follow this up, but obviously he's an actor. He's married. He's married to Billy Gladly, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So she's also an actress, but he bought, he famously bought Aviation Gin mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. promotes that on his social media channels. It's, he went on uh, talk shows talking about it. You know, yeah. he is diversifying in a more public way. He's using his influence to sell a product that he now has a stake in. The yeah. Rock has Wait, his didn't own. he buy Mint Mobile also? Probably. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, a lot of them do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's similar with, you know, what we'll see more and more people with influence doing like mm-hmm. influence being a tangible measurement of followers on social media yeah because the rock bought like a bourbon company too as <laughs> well or a, or a whiskey company kylie jenner yeah. bought or ken kyla kendall bought um that tequila company and then yeah. got a lot of backlash for it Steven, that girl can never do anything the public likes Stephen yeah. amell bought like a wine company mm-hmm. uh with a friend so a lot of that uh you know they're diversifying their portfolios basically mm-hmm. yeah. and they are saying well instead of promoting someone else's product they should i should just promote my own thing mm-hmm. makes perfect sense miracle yes mom or demon slayer uh i don't I don't know what a mom is. So, somebody explain this to me because okay. you guys have so, referenced it several times mm-hmm. and I, I don't get it. Okay. So Demon Slayer is a Japanese anime that's number one both in the US and Japan. Okay. Um, but basically why Brett brought it up because they did a survey in elementary schools in Japan where they said, who do you respect more? Demon Slayer, the anime, or your mom? And do you want to hear the results? Well, it sounds like they picked Demon well, not Slayer. Or, yeah. Well, not or mom. I think it was just, I think it was more listing. Uh, well, let's read the article and mm-hmm. find out. So this is from Screen Rant. It says, Demon Slayer officially gets more respect than moms in Japan. Mm-hmm. When asked who they respected the most, elementary students, elementary school students in Japan overwhelmingly chose characters in the popular manga Demon Slayers. 
since its debut in 2016, Demon Slayer has become one of the most popular and beloved manga ever. And part of the reason why are the characters like the series' protagonist. Now, how do you pronounce this one? Ten. Tahiro Kamado? Sure. Tanjiro? Mm-hmm. Tanjiro? Come yeah, on. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, Though uh, though even a casual manga fan would know that Tanjiro is popular, a new study suggests his popular his popularity actually far exceeds all expectations. Yeah, like all the best manga, Demon Slayer uh, presents a solid story that introduces a range of characters that fans can relate to and who provide an example of who they should want to strive to emulate. Mm-hmm. One of the most memorable uh, is easily the series' protagonist Tanjiro, who quests to who whose quest to cure his sisters uh, of a demonic curse makes him admirable it uh, it might be a common knowledge that Tanjiro is beloved by anyone who reads the manga or watches the anime but a new study suggests that Tanjiro's popularity is far greater than any expectation oh I know the survey they do a lot they do this a lot for a lots of popular um popular manga series so they'll ask you which one is like your most favorite manga character um throughout the series um Naruto did that when they used to be banging but um, now Boruto's like taking over. It's a terrible series altogether. But um, I mean, Boruto, not Naruto. I love that and I grew up on it. But basically, they used to do that, do surveys. Which one's your favorite? And like at the end of the comic book, you'll see like which one is number one. They always did that for fan service. It, it, see, it mm-hmm. seems like this is more of an open-ended survey. It says, according yeah. to a survey by Japanese educational company of over 7,500 Japanese students between the ages of 8 and 12 mm-hmm. on who they respected the most. Characters from Demon Slayer were overwhelmingly chosen over, most, uh, over more common and real figures of respect and admiration, mm-hmm. such as athletes, movies, and music stars. I mean, that's fine. That's, yeah. I would much rather uh, uh, respect something, somebody with morals that have been instilled by somebody who's actually trying to tell a moral story than somebody who's uh who plays sports or, or plays music yeah well i feel like anime like talks a lot to people like it reaches to like different parts of the world because they have a really good story and they teach you really good morals yep. so that's why like anime and manga is kind of like defeating the american media right now yep uh, even more surprising, however, was the popularity of Demon Slayer characters mm-hmm. over the most traditional people children look up to and admire, namely their children, their teachers and parents. <laughs> while dads and te- while dads and teachers who placed fifth and fourth respectively should feel relieved that they scored higher among students than the Demon Slayers after them, mm-hmm. they nevertheless failed to overcome the appeal of. How do you? Pre- uh, you'll have to help me with these ones. Insect uh, Hashira Shinobu. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides being the uh, being to the top level demon slayer according to the survey shinobu was seen as a more family oriented than even fathers were uh, perhaps the most shocking result of the survey was where mothers placed on the list namely second to demon slayer p- protagonist tenjiro kamado so mom two, demon slayer one ah uh, that is very sad it's okay That's at true. least they're higher ranking than dads yes. apparently do you think this has anything to do with mm-hmm. like the age group that they asked or like cultural I think it's the, the age group I think it's honestly the age group because they asked elementary kids um, which one they respect more and like elementary kids like they don't know better and like little kids are like honest alcoholics without the alcohol 
So think about it. It's a funny expression. <laughs> a, while students' respect for their mothers centered on the fact that they are kind, family-focused, and the go-to adult to do stuff for them, stuff is in quotation mm-hmm. marks, uh, Tanjiro's personality left a stronger positive impression on them. According to the survey, uh, Tanjiro's dedication to family, work eth- ethic, and his never-given attitude were admired by the students and often used as a reason for them to try their best in their studies and activities. See, their <laughs> parents have that too. They're just not displaying well, it in, in, an, in a way that's super interesting to them yeah you, and they're sort of taken mm-hmm. for granted they're like background figures exactly in these kids lives well do you think it's also the mentality where your parents are there and you don't think them as cool while a cartoon character who's not physically there in your like physical form is yeah. more cooler do you think it's that yeah. too I, I think yeah, yeah parenting is a thankless job and yeah. it's, for, it, it's a job that never pays yeah. uh or you know it or at least from them you're not going to see it all the time right mm-hmm. so uh these uh these fictional characters are getting all the glory while mom and dad are actually out there busting their ass to take care of them yeah i mean i think of like i think of all the kids who are like you know American kids who'd be like, if you mm. if you could meet one person in the whole world, who would it be? And they'll be like, superhero person, like yeah. whichever yeah. superhero you can think of, like, and then you buy them like superhero beds, like t-shirts, and then yeah. like that's their lunchbox. And then no one is like, my dad. They might when they're a little bit older, but you know, mm-hmm. I mean, in some ways, it's it's sort of nice, right? They course their parents are going to take care of them that's that's not a mm-hmm. take it for granted moment um so maybe uh the you take solace in the fact that they say this now but when they get older their parent they, and they have a, a greater understanding of, of the world yeah then they say my mom was my superhero my dad was yeah. my, my my mom was my demon slayer mm-hmm. my and dad i was think my demon like slayer. if you were to say to a, like a, any kid in any nationality like an elementary kid like mm-hmm. you know i know we just went through covid and everyone's like doctors are not all heroes wear capes or whatever it was Mm -hmm. but like the idea of a superhero for most kids is still fictional whereas if your mom is there every day you know you know unless she's going to throw on a cape or run out the door wear a Mm -hmm. mask you may not see it Uh, i'd be interested to see sort of what uh, an independent study of how japanese school children view their parents roles in their lives Mm -hmm. um especially the fact that dads ranked lower Mm -hmm. um you know in some ways like if mm -hmm. you're from a culture where your dad is expected to work and work really long hours your relationship with him might not be the same there's like a a whole documentary about it where like um how it's like i think you can find it on nhak news their youtube channel they did a whole documentary about it and my favorite youtuber that i talked about yesterday that i recently got into um basically his name is pablo from tokyo he interviewed like moms and dads who i've like, seen one of his videos yeah like um have you seen his interview with um Ooh, fuck. It's a stink sorry bug. it's a stink bug it attacked me from behind i saw an interview um a video pablo i think it's pablo from tokyo did <laughs> with like a stay-at-home mom in japan yeah, it um, was some um i don't know if she has her own youtube channel but she looks um she looks similar to uh kimono mom and basically like i i really like the documentary of it because like you don't realize how much your parents are with you and how much they take care of you until like watching it firsthand but the documentary of it nhk is it still on me mm-hmm. okay <laughs> like it's hacked the back of my head and i was like holy shit um but basically um 
basically they talk about like yeah like a bunch of japanese kids they don't have close relationships with their dad because they're kind of distanced from them mm-hmm. because like um it's also like a weird asian culture thing where like dads aren't supposed to be close to their kids mm. even though they love their kids they're not supposed to be close to them because yeah. it shows weakness well and i think that like several cultures have um mm-hmm. you know as the father you're the strong like less emotive mm-hmm. disciplinarian whereas the mother is softer and mm-hmm. warmer but also it comes with a lot of like self-sacrifice and yeah things like that I'm that's what happened with like my ex like um he had a lot of that problem because um he was more emotional but his family told him you have to be the machismo so like he's a latin descent they said you have to be more machismo like show no emotions you can't express like your anger like how regular men do where like um they're more passionate and other things you have to hold it in and Mm -hmm. be the strong one and that's what happened like within the relationship it kind of fell out from that where he didn't know how to express himself yeah and and it i i'm not blaming foreign parents because different methods of i don't even think it's a foreign parent problem Mm -hmm. i think it's just like something Mm -hmm. people uh, struggle with from all nationalities and with all kinds of work i mean i think we we have expectations for people you know in certain scenarios you'll be able to behave this way but in other scenarios mm-hmm. you'll you'll know to be expressive your emotions yeah and, uh we don't instruct that enough in children i don't think i don't know it's just weird i kind of i kind of hope for the best for the next generation because like i know like a lot of people say the next generation is going to be softer and softer because how parenting is going to change but i do hope they have a healthier way to like express themselves and have a healthier connection with their kids because there's a lot of kids that don't have a healthy connection with their fathers yeah and i think that like the idea that we're getting softer with the way Mm -hmm. we raise our children is actually maybe inaccurate i think Mm -hmm. that in some ways there's a lot of stuff going on that's difficult right now but um culture and with technology we're in a position where we're less about gritty survival yeah about sacrificing and working really hard and you have to just suck it up and go to the farm and do this Mm -hmm. because this is how as a family we're going to survive yeah Uh, we have more comforts than we did you know 50 years ago even and so that allows us to develop psychologically and intellectually in a way that like we had to sacrifice as a mm -hmm. human as society as our civilization civilization was constructed yeah that's true and also 50 years ago we produced like as many kids we can have because one of them might die Mm -hmm. or like um that was not 50 years ago sorry you know what i meant i I don't know but like (laughs) i assume in the 1900s that idea that like you could have eight kids but one could survive maybe i mean mm-hmm. you don't know what's coming and that's true today unfortunately um just less so because of disease mm-hmm. and infection and more so because of you know any mm-hmm. number of things but suicide is the number one uh, cause of death for uh young adults yep. in america probably in other countries as mm-hmm. well and that's emotional development so again yeah. now that we have the luxury of not having to you know mm-hmm do things that are difficult we have electricity we have so many comforts in life like Mm -hmm. i don't think it's fair to say that the emotional development of children and placing a priority in Mm -hmm. you know psychological growth is going to make your children weaker i for me like i agree with that but i don't know because like that's always the saying like throughout the um generations like oh your generation is super soft Mm mm-hmm um, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. Maybe it's not that my generation is softer. Maybe my generation is building on the platform that you gave us by mm-hmm. the sacrifice you, that you had to then raise even a better generation after us. Mm-hmm. Like, why well, we always got to be so envious of the people before us. Exactly. Also, um, fun fact, Japan had 
this era like i forgot what era of japan but they called it when they had too many kids mm-hmm. um basically they would kill off their kids if, like the young ones because um they had a saying basically if you had too it's like m- the opposite of a fun fact sorry sorry but like <laughs> it just popped up in my so head. fun <laughs> sorry i i remember watching it um on youtube it was like a just a silly tidbit for me <laughs> yeah it's like a weird fact about japan and basically they used to kill off like their infants because they didn't want to bother their village because japan back then um basically when you had a newborn baby that all the villagers in the whole village was like a community they'll come to your house and give you gifts and celebrating the new baby but if you had too many babies they didn't want to be a nuisance and they treat like their kids like they the saying was like your kids are like weeds you need to get rid of some of them and don't be a nuisance to your neighbors so and so they killed their babies like there was moms who gave birth to their babies who were freshly born and suffocated them so So instead of just not asking for gifts no it's like i think what jordan peter i mean jordan mm -hmm. peter talked about this i don't know if it's like that but he'll say that like basically raising a human child Mm -hmm. human children are incredibly dependent and they they suck up all of your resources not just energy but money and time and all kinds Mm -hmm. of stuff um you could understand where when people had the chance to not accidentally have 12 of them they were like let's let's be careful here yeah um on the other hand you know as the demon slayer poll has now taught us yeah parenting is a thankless job it is it's uh elementary school children do not care they will not idolize you well also japan like kind of teaches their kids to do independence like really weirdly like basically they let their kids go to the train station by themselves Mm -hmm. and i watched the whole documentary for that and i'm like nope i'm not doing that for my kid homeschooling Mm -hmm. yusuke i don't know my kid might end up really weird girl have weird nephews brett probably gonna happen you're probably gonna have weird kids yeah well i just want boys Okay then. <laughs> I don't know. All right. That's no. I, yeah. I don't know if you know how this works, but there's like a 50-50 shot. I know. I don't but think you get You to can choose. genetically Brett, modify what do you your want? Do you want all girls? Um He I, wants a son named Daclan. I know that. Dak? Declan? Declan. I love sorry. the name Declan. That's I love great. The name Declan. Yeah. He loves um, I always pronounce it Daclan. He responds either way. I have I'm ambivalent on the matter about whether they're boys or girls mm-hmm. that um but I am against. <laughs> like I'll leave it up to my wife. I'm against the term uh, boy boy mom or girl dad because I feel Mama's like you're boy, no, no 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 that's different. That's oh, it. Different. I'm talking about oh. when they when they make it about like this. Uh, they keep trying to. It always TV. feels divisive to me that they're like uh, that they're constantly trying to whittle us down to smaller and smaller subgroups, and that always falls in there. It's a very very weird take on my part, but I, I'm not a fan when when they do that because mm-hmm. it always feels yeah. like they're like okay is the is the last per- does every person that says boy mom not have any daughters because i refuse to believe at least a few yeah of them i don't feel also. like no i think when you use the term boy mom they exclusively only have i think when you have one of the other gender you mm-hmm. drop it i i know someone who has three daughters and then befriended someone who had three boys like in the same you so know, it's a brady bunch whatever and <laughs> she she always says like i used to wonder what it would be like if i had it all boys because raising boys is different than raising girls not yeah. better or worse just different Triggered. and then she'll, they'll have them all over at the house and the other mom is like 
you know, the the three boys will be climbing the walls and running up and down stairs and punching each other. But then the girls are like holding grudges like there's no tomorrow. I do. I don't know if you need to label yourself that forever, but I do understand that like parenting all of one and especially an abundance of one mm-hmm. might be different than parenting an abundance of the other. I'm just uh, I was just never a fan of, of that term. Fair so uh, I have uh, no no preference i guess i can think of i can think of a thousand ways why raising both of them in the current climate would be awful yeah Mm -hmm. but uh i I choose to focus on the good i suppose if that if that was to ever happen that's true also speaking about good love is a pain love uh love is painful and so we're finding out from uh from Machine Gun Kelly what uh, (laughs) it's a weird transition transition that i had well it was until you I said it, a transition. Well, now, now it's just a thing. Now well, it's just why don't we introduce my favorite segment, Podluck? Yes. Yeah. This is Podluck. We've got uh, three separate stories here today that I've added. Uh, two of them are kind of in, like one of them almost got its own segment, but I thought we would just touch on it because it's kind of bad luck. But we'll do the first one, and that's mm-hmm. the Machine Gun Kelly reveals that the three hundred and forty thousand dollar engagement ring that he gave Megan Fox is actually thorns, so that if she tries to take it off, it hurts. Love is pain. Mm-hmm. Machine Gun Kelly has revealed a bizarre quirk of the engagement ring he helped design for his uh, new fiance, Megan Fox. The band, uh, the bands are actually thorns. If she tries to take it off, it hurts, he told Vogue. His remarks went public a week after Kelly, 31, and Megan, 35. His name is not Kelly, is it? His name is something else. Yeah, it's different. But they're trying to use the last yes. name. Yes. Uh, so it says, but then they said Megan, 35, and her last yeah, name is not Megan. Yeah, it doesn't Megan. make any sense. Come on, Daily Mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, as sealed their engagement rings by drinking each other or they think they're or like his first name is kelly so instead of being like but machine gun and megan yes machine gun 31 megan they're 35 they should have just yes. googled it <laughs> uh sealed their what they should have said is kelly uh, machine uh kelly whose actual name whose birth name or is blah, mgk blah, blah. mgk whose birthday yeah exactly we're just writing for them now at this point <laughs> uh uh sealed their engagement ring by drinking each other's blood after his dramatic proposal it really i am really didn't he say oh but it was only shot on an iphone <laughs> and you and i were like yeah like i, I saw that yesterday and i thought of you because i was like someone had like, like i like, just propped my phone only up shot on, on iphone and then it was like camera angle one camera angle two you were like there were four camera there angles like four camera angles i was like and he propped it up against a flower problem like you could, it's like i guess he couldn't put it again on a tripod it might be it might be his iphone is really good it's an iphone 13 it's <laughs> it's it's actually like an iphone's uh 30 like it's like a 60 something because you He's have like, to add up 13 however my many iPhone, times. but because i'm popular and have a lot of businesses i have four iPhones. four iphones um i knew that the engagement ring had thorn or was like designed to be like thorns but it's interesting that it actually like is painful to take off so mm-hmm. i imagine that they're they, n- I don't know. I can't. I wish she would show a picture. Maybe I should look on her Instagram of like the underside of her hand. Like, mm-hmm. where are the thorns? I imagine that the the thorns are angled this way so that when you slip it on, it scrapes this way. Mm-hmm. But if you try to remove it, then they dig into your skin. Mm-hmm. Or okay. maybe I just want to make a saw movie on my own. Yeah, I don't. I mean, if that's what they want to do, that's cool. I hope that they maybe discuss that feature of her mm-hmm. ring beforehand. Yeah, I hope he didn't say like, uh, now it's on like, uh, now you're stuck with me. Can't oh take God. it off. She anymore. like tried. The thing is, like, I don't, I don't wear rings regularly anymore. Mm-hmm. But like, you're. I have been told you don't. You like never take off your engagement ring. Like you sleep in it, you shower in it. Like even your wedding band, and like that makes me nervous. But really, like, 
I, yeah, I get worried that like it's going to get caught on something mm-hmm. or I'm going to break it. Wait, do you wear your earrings like oh, constantly? All the time. I never take them off. So it's I think the same it's the concept. same thing. Yep. It's the same concept because uh, for me, I never take off my bracelets mm-hmm. because like for me, it's such a hassle to well, put I them back a, on. Well, I had a necklace that I never, mm-hmm. ever, ever took off. And then one day was like working in the yard and mm-hmm. broke it. And that was like devastating. So, But I guess that's like a chance. Like mm-hmm. it could happen to anything. And I, I guess if, you know, I, I would have liked it better. It would have been funnier to me if he had said, has thorns so she never takes it off that way she never loses it because i paid a lot of money for it. <laughs> yeah like, it, the insurance claim wasn't enough to keep her motivated to leave it on so yeah so <laughs> every other guy in hollywood who's paid like a million dollars for a ring is like what the heck he's I figured sh- it out I it seemed romantic mm-hmm. but now it's practical it's very yeah but it's funny because like um do you think this is going to be a new trend in regular people sense no, no. I, I don't think regular people do this uh <laughs> well it's just supposed to be like so you can't like it's difficult to get past your knuckle right yeah and that's enough yep so that just i thought that that article was very very interesting because the they go into in depth here about how the ring was created uh which i thought was fairly interesting it says uh, when it's held together it's held in place by a magnet so the two stones are held in place by a magnet Mm -hmm. it says uh (laughs) she shared that one of the gems is a thoroughbred colombian emerald uh, so yeah, uh, with no treatment, uh, it was just carved into a teardrop straight out of the mine. Like only rich people can care about stuff like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like okay, I care about actually having it. We yeah. can fantasize. Well, I was gonna say like gem. Well, gemstones and gates rings are more affordable, anyways. Like, yeah, uh, I've started diamonds. to see ads for like la- lab-grown diamonds now too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. moissanite's getting really popular. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think that. It's cool to know, especially some people feel strongly about like ethically sourced jewelry and like lab grown diamonds are considered more ethically sourced. Um, Yeah, the the, uh, diamond industry gets away with it. I mean, everyone knows that diamond mining is very, very dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like fast fashion stuff where they're like, oh, secondhand is better, but also it saves us money. So maybe just like buy it this way. Mm -hmm. Like lab grown diamonds are like, it's ethically sourced slash less expensive. Mm -hmm. So do you want Charlie to give you a... A ring with thorns on it so that you can't take it off. No, but he did get me a bracelet with a knife in it. That is true. That's practical. That yeah. is a nice boyfriend. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he was like, um, I don't like the, um, you know what? I'm just worried about the situation because I sent him like comments, um, uh, the comments in the vlog. And he's like, I don't like some of these people. Here's a bracelet with a knife in it. I think that's nice. <laughs> that is very romantic. Yeah. It actually is. Yep. Yeah. And also because at first he didn't show me the knife part. He only showed me the bracelet, and I was like, "Isn't that an emergency bracelet where like you unloop it and basically it's an emergency rope?" And he's like, "Yes, but also, but look, also, it has a surprise." But wait, there's more. But that's wait, so there's more. There's I actually feel like a knife. that's like on par with like if you live far away from someone and they're mm-hmm. like, "Hey, can you text me when you get home so I know you're safe?" Like, yeah, he got you a knife. Yeah, he because he's worried about me um, some of the times, so he's like, "Here's a knife bracelet." Aww. So that's one jewelry I'll wear. Boy, to buy me a knife bracelet. Yeah, it's like really, it. For me, the one Brett, downside. Would you buy a girl a knife bracelet? Absolutely. Can you buy me? I'm not buying you anything. Oh, sorry. I'll Charlie, buy. That's why you have Charlie. I don't. Char- Char- uh, <laughs> you don't get to just get gifts from multiple people. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? No one bought me a knife bracelet. You're trying to get a second one. Back down. I know. Chill out. Can I'm like, can you get me an anklet one? <laughs> what if Machine Gun Kelly had been like? Her ring 
has a secret dart in it so that if anyone <laughs> ever attacks her, she could poison them. Or, no, no, no. There's a pen like, with like a blow dart. Yeah. Yes. No, means. imagine he's like, one of the gems has cyanide in it. You don't know which one. So if you ever have an emergency where you can't you get out. You have to guess. <laughs> eat it? What do you eat? Basically, you put it in your mouth and you're like, time to commit suicide but why guess. does it matter if they don't know which one it is, is it so that you have to yeah, guess and want her to know 50 percent of the time you get to know the other 50 percent <laughs> of the time i guess you're just screwed yeah exactly so i don't know it's just fun i, I, I mean not fun not fun uh <laughs> the i just want to talk about quickly about all the bad luck going around with black mm-hmm. panther basically uh winston duke is having his role expanded in the movie because uh of mbaku because uh there's been a ton of stuff going on with first there was Letitia Wright got hurt right yeah uh, obviously well first the th- first thing that happened is tra- Pat Chadwick Boseman mm-hmm. passed uh, before they could even begin production for uh, Wakanda Forever that's the name of the Black Panther sequel mm-hmm. uh, now Letitia Wright uh, what if it was Wakanda for sometimes that would be great <laughs> mm-hmm. Wakanda once in a while <laughs> every uh, other day every other day but uh, Letitia Wright who plays Shuri is basically becoming the de facto or she's now the lead of the story she was one of the most popular characters in the original mm-hmm. film uh, and what's happening? Oh my god, ma'am! <laughs> it's happening. This is yes. a podcast. Yes. Uh, basically, she's now she got hurt. She had a, a serious injury, though they downplay it in this mm-hmm. article. It says Winston. She's uh, the anti the anti vaxxer right? Yeah. Well, I, I don't. Yeah, like she is. That. She is Sorry. the she is the one who has the, who has she's every right to, to ask questions. Yeah. About what's going on. And I so I don't mean anti vaxxer as an insult in any she way. She got she got backlash for the fact that she asked questions. Mm-hmm. All right. So she gets injured. But did she get deported from Australia? She did not get deported from Australia. So uh, she gets you Novak. She yeah, gets, Novak. She gets injured after. So first, Chadwick Boseman passes. the The film is behind. Uh, then she gets injured on set. Mm-hmm. Uh, she comes back. Uh, she gets a, a large campaign of people protesting against her even getting the role because of uh, of that of what you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she comes back and she caught COVID. And now they're like on break again. The movie cannot catch a break when right? do you think it's time to throw in the towel i don't think it's i i don't think we're there yet i i, I think what they need to do is uh if if marvel's good at one thing that dc isn't it's mm-hmm. staying the course mm. they do they they come up with they, the, stick it out. they come up with the, their ideas and whether you like those ideas or not i have a lot of respect for the fact that they follow through on them mm-hmm. dc does not have that same fortitude they all they backpedal they change their mind all the time so whatever people think about this kevin feige will hopefully keep things on track for this to come out Ryan Coogler is a really good director. So, uh, in the first Black Panther movie was good, not great. Uh, it got a lot of praise that I think was overblown, but uh, it was still plenty serviceable as far as like a, a way to spend a Saturday night at the cinema. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how this comes out. But it just seems like the movie can't catch a break. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Wakanda lastly, for sometime in the future, exactly. Yeah. Wakanda eventually um, <laughs> is what it will be. We should uh, make those shirts. So we reviewed Superman and Lois yesterday. Yes. Right? Yep. Uh, the ratings are in, and it actually grew in audience. Oh, not bad. Uh, indifference to, like, I've had my issues with this season. I thought the first season was phenomenal. I've uh, heard you guys mention the show so many times. It makes mm-hmm. me want to watch it. Uh, the first season. Really good. I know. See this that? I didn't even look. I got the stink bug. Yeah, me. but you did talk about it. So you sort of were a professional. And then I, you know, I know. I uh, know. It's okay. I always get startled by them. It's like... Uh, 
They just it's like hitting a no look three pointer and not looking at the camera. That's uh, true. So it says uh, the ep- the new episodes for Superman, Superman and Lois and Naomi are currently in week two of their new time slot, and so far the ratings are pretty good for both. The second episode of season two for Superman and Lois actually saw a bump in viewers, one point one one five million. Uh, people tuned in. Well, it was 1.109 last week, so it's a small bump, but a bump nonetheless, which is not usually... Usually, the premiere will get do better numbers, and then mm-hmm. you'll see a slight dip in episode two. So that's very, very hard. Like, that's very, very good sign hmm. uh, for the show as far as writing goes. Whatever I think of it, I, I wasn't a huge mm-hmm. fan of either episode one or episode or episode two, and I called the stuff with Sarah Cushing, like... Yeah. From like the three point line. Uh, perhaps the word is getting out that the show is actually pretty decent. And then the guy, and I like All how. All thanks to you specifically, Brett? Yes. Yes. It's exactly right. Uh, but I like how in this article it says, perhaps the word is getting out that the show is decent. And then in parentheses, I like it. So whoever wrote the article needed you to know that they like the show. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it seems the, that the move to the 8 p.m. time slot on Tuesday, previously held by The Flash for all those years, uh, is the right one. So they move time slots uh, for the new season. Uh, one of the ways that these shows get killed is by constantly moving time slots so mm-hmm. people never know when to, st- when to watch it. Mm-hmm. But um, you need to be a certain level of popularity to get certain t- yes, time slots, right? Uh, yeah, the, the more popular the show is. And this is the highest rated show of all of them right now. Uh, it's just not the most... Uh, it, it's, it's an outlier as far as the storytelling with uh, on the CW. This is mm-hmm. very, very, very traditional... Uh, superhero almost a traditional family drama storytelling mm-hmm. to to its detriment almost to a point this year where I think it's falling into melodrama yeah uh, but uh, if welcome you're gonna, to the CW yes if you're it says Naomi uh, saw a slight dip uh, from 734k uh, this week and it was like 802 last week we're not going to be reviewing Naomi it's uh, it's an Ava Ava DuVernay production that uh, says it's going to focus on identity politics I just don't want to watch it doesn't yeah, interest me it. and it's in its own pocket universe of the it's it doesn't fall in continuity with the rest of the shows anyways mm-hmm. so you don't need to to stay up on it but uh my hope is that the bump in ratings uh correlates with a further bump in the storytelling that it gets better yeah. next week and we have more to like even even uh, uh like an average episode for this it's not like it's bad mm-hmm. it's just not in my opinion as good as season one yeah so does that give you a uh, hope that it'll keep uh, that'll hopefully get better because we we've both seen a little bit of uh, melodrama falling into the storytelling here I don't know. It's the CW. They have their paws on it. So, yep. uh, I know season one was financed almost entirely by HBO Max, which mm-hmm. is why the CGI looks so good. And it's, yeah. I don't know how much of it is this year. The CGI is still good, but there's a lot less of it, which yeah. is, is which is telling. So, okay. yes, it's telling uh, of what that they don't have the budget to do more of it. Yeah. Uh, well, so, they, or do you think they don't? They feel like they don't need it as much. No, no, no. they need it. Uh, they, I, I think with these, I. I mean, I don't buy that the that they don't want to do it because they know that that's a very easy way to, to develop or, or to gain viewers is to show good uh, action scenes. Mm. Um, storytelling, and, and when I say that it's bare bones, it's bare bones. He was in the costume like twice last mm-hmm. episode for a couple of minutes each. Like that's, to me, that's not Superman and Lois. That's Clark Kent and Lois. And I would rather see more of the Superman storyline. The whole point of season one is that you're showing how Superman has to balance being a dad and being Superman. Mm-hmm, but right. to do that, you by that definition have to be in your costume a lot mm-hmm. and uh, the dad a lot. This mm-hmm. one, it seems like it's almost all him. As, it's all about the family. Maybe they're it. trying to make a point that he is having trouble balancing it. It's, mm-hmm. it's too difficult to be both men it, and a dad. It feels like it's more about like the, the side stories now. Yeah. Too many characters. 
Well, the CW, again, I told you, yeah. like, they tend to do three or more side stories. Way too many, mm-hmm. too many, way too crowded of, of a field. Uh, for as many good actors as they have, uh, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Shrieky is being pushed to the side for that mayor storyline, which mm-hmm. could turn out all right. Uh, the, um, we haven't seen any of Dylan Walsh as General Lane at yeah. all in season two yet, so we'll see. But uh, hopefully the ratings continue to climb. Yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping for this show to be really good, but the CW kind of has this curse where, like, if they're approved for, like, two seasons or more, it tends to go downhill. Once season, they, they use season one to hook you, and then mm-hmm. all the bad writing ends up showing up. Because the idea is, like, the, this first season, you're doing that main storyline. You're mm-hmm. fresh-faced. You're telling the exact story that you picked, mm-hmm. that you had in mind when you came up with the show idea. And then as the seasons drag on, you've got to fill space. That you have you have different writers that want to put their own agenda into these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, the more time it's out there, the more time there is to screw it up. Which mm-hmm. is almost why I kind of like the idea of the limited series idea, like with something like Peacemakers doing, where you don't have five seasons to screw up something great. You have one season to tell a great story and then do it and Getting let, it, out, and let yeah. it be done. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. Um, it might be good. We'll keep. I'm going to keep my eye on the ratings for mm-hmm. it uh, just to see where it goes. So, yes, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that it was, was great. Fun. Even though we were attacked by stink bugs. Yes, well, that's becoming like a mainstay here. I know mm-hmm. it's so funny. Maybe they're mutant stink bugs, like the butterflies in Peacemaker. I don't like that idea. <laughs> I've never like seen the, that, so I don't get the reference. It's very scary. Uh, Hannah Claire, why don't you share with everyone their social, your social media, so they know where to find you. I'm uh, at hannahclaire.b on Instagram, and I'm hc.brimelo on Twitter. And you can also find me on TimCast.com if you click on the Read tab. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you guys so much yeah. for having me. I've been loving it. Mm-hmm. Miracle? I don't have social media because it rots your brain. She's right about that, mm-hmm. which is why if you want to follow me on social media, <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at Brett Dasovic. And if you're going to watch full episodes of the show, they are available on Pandora, on Spotify, on Amazon Music, and on Apple Podcasts. If you follow us on Facebook, oh, oh, Facebook. if you follow us on YouTube, uh, go ahead and please uh, actually like subscribe to the channel. Please leave comments to the video so Miracle can torture herself by reading all of your comments on all of the videos. Yep, I have three of my favorite... Um, subscribers already yep so and um i don't fully remember your usernames i'll try to learn your usernames like one of them named our lovely anxiety tiger trigger yes and then there's one user that um there's two users that go to the castle vlogs Mm -hmm. and they watch it and comment there and they like and they talk about the show so thank you for advertising for us and being loyal fans we appreciate it yes so please uh go ahead please subscribe to the channel on youtube like it like the videos comment uh we really appreciate that and if you go into all of the youtube videos which are segmented clips from this full podcast Mm -hmm. there's a link to the spotify playlist there so you can watch all the full episodes that's start to finish a lot of the great stuff that happens here kind of happens in the in-between segments so you miss out on that Mm -hmm. if you're just watching the segments if you want to follow us on social media we are on twitter at pop culture <coughs> underscore show and we are also on tiktok and facebook you will make our friend dane very happy if you go follow us there it is at pop culture crisis uh that's it for today we will be back with another show on monday see you then guys bye bye